All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is 9.09. I didn't get to see the game last night because it was a school night and it was late, but Adam Schefter tweeted this, and um, I'm going to retweet it so you get a chance to look at it. If you follow me, at T Tucker WWL, Jalen Carter is a nose tackle, I guess, or maybe a defensive tackle for Philadelphia, and Patrick Mahomes was trying to spike the ball, so he dove underneath the center and tried to catch it. He said he's seen it on the Internet, seen it on YouTube. Some high school kid tried it, and he actually caught the ball. I don't know if he was off sides on the play or not or if the spike happened, but I'm going to retweet this right now, and if you follow me at ttuckerwwl.com, you'll be able to see it. And you always see him spike the ball, and it's like, well, I wonder if there's anything anybody could do about it. And, boy, that would have been a hell of an interception had he pulled it off. He didn't, but anyway. Uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving. We were talking about feeding hungry people before. We were talking about hun- hungry seniors, and I don't like to dwell on the negative, but I did get a couple of texts from people whom, I'll leave it at this, say hello to the three ghosts on Christmas Eve when they visit you. Tell them Tommy said hi because uh, <laughs> Dr. Philip Watkins joins us, professor of psychology at Eastern Washington University, uh, one of the pioneers of gratitude research in psychology. How you doing, doctor? Uh, good, yeah. You heard what I said about uh, have, have the three ghosts uh, tell them hello for me when they visit you on Christmas Eve. I, I, you, tell me about your study about gratitude and, and how, uh, I don't know if it's about us taking things for granted. Just tell me about all of that, if you will, please. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, uh, I started, I really started my gratitude research in the 90s. And um, I was originally kind of a, uh, a person who studied negative memory biases and depression. But around 2000, I switched my uh, focus to let, let me slow you down for a little bit, if I may. What is sure. a negative bias? What did you say? A negative memory bias. Negative memory bias. Um, what is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that I actually did my dissertation at LSU. So, did um, you? yeah, I, go Tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. And uh, yeah, it, basically, I did it with a kind of unconscious memory bias. So, what we looked at is how um, depressed folks seem to have a more negative memory bias. Uh, even uh, implicitly or unconsciously, um, as well as explicitly um, compared to uh, non-depressed folks. Um, And which was causing what? uh, Well, uh, we argued that that was what one of the factors that maintains depression. And, And curiously, you know, grateful folks are the opposite. They seem to have um, more positivistic memory bias uh, compared to non-depressed folks. But, yeah. And, and, and to be clear. Compared to non, non-grateful non folks. And but, to be clear yeah. at this point, that is not a panacea, a cure-all. I've been candid, no. doctor, by saying I've suffered no. with depression myself. It, it's not as simple about no. 
as as just that. But it is an interesting, uh, and that's why I asked which caused what. It is an interesting uh, thing for your thesis. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No. So, yeah, I I, uh, really started my gratitude research in the 90s. And, you know, our first study showed that gratitude was strongly uh, associated with happiness. And then we started doing, we as and a number of other researchers started doing more experimental studies to see if gratitude really caused increased happiness. And indeed, a number of studies, I think by my count, it's like over 70 by now, uh, studies showed that various gratitude exercises that are designed to promote gratitude uh, promote uh, happiness as well. And um, and the interesting thing is that um, uh, after these little, like a week of these gratitude exercises, uh, people's happiness just keeps going up, which is kind of unusual. My trainings in clinical psychology and with uh, clinical interventions, usually as soon as the intervention done is done, the effect starts to well, wear off. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like that's true with, with uh, little, the little gratitude exercises. That, as long as you keep train. doing them. Well. Or not. <laughs> Not necessarily. Really? Um, yeah. You know, when I did one of my studies that I published in 2015, when I did it with uh, my students, uh, their happiness kept going up after the daily one-week uh, treatment phase. And uh, so I asked them, are you still doing the exercises? And they said, no. You know, they weren't required to anymore. Mm-hmm. So they said no. And uh, so I, I think what happens is that doing it regularly, like for a week or two, probably trains your brain to look for the good things in your life and to appreciate them um, as well. That's uh, that's kind of my interpretation of the evidence right now, at and, least. And that goes to my next question, which is, how are we defining gratitude? Is it what you just said? Yeah. Well, it depends on what. What do you mean by gratitude? So gratitude as an emotion is simply a response to an interpretation that someone has done something important for me um, or mine. And um, uh, then the disposition of gratitude or the trait of gratitude is how disposed you are uh, to experience gratitude. So, you know, some people are highly disposed to experience gratitude. They experience gratitude easily and over a, uh, a wide variety of circumstances and a wide variety of people. And we call that the disposition of gratitude or uh, trait gratitude. And, you know, um, to your point, it's probably, you know, doing a few little gratitude exercises is probably not the important thing for long-term happiness. It's probably being a more grateful person that's uh, much more important. And that's kind of where the research is at right now is how do we help people become more grateful people. You know, I had a discussion with somebody uh, earlier, and I had them often about the the myth that people are self-made people, that that we're all, you know, some people like to, you know, tell a fantasy about themselves that they're self-made and they didn't get help from anybody and they don't owe anybody anything. But that that couldn't be any further from the truth, could it, Doctor? From right. anybody, uh, really? Well I, well, I completely agree. I think we, you know, it's kind of the American myth. I think that uh, you know, what whatever 
whatever condition you are at in your life right now, it's because you made yourself that way. And uh, we're, that ignores the fact that we are very much dependent creatures. We're dependent on each other. We're dependent on, you know, the natural resources. Um, we're dependent on all kinds of things. And I think that's one thing that grateful people uh, see um, is that they are dependent folks. So there's lots of studies that show that grateful folks tend to be humble folks. Um, and that's certainly one aspect of humility is that we, um, uh, we, we see that we're dependent on uh, others and um, on the earth, etc. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. That's pretty much a myth. I even look at my own grateful story, if you will, in terms of uh, getting into grad, uh, gratitude research and uh, it being really a, a fun ride for me in terms of my uh, academic pursuits. I mean, that's it is so much dependent on other people and you know, uh, happenstance, I would say, you know, things that God brought into my life, like, like losing a chair election in my department that really, you know, freed me up to pursue this. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, I completely agree that uh, so much of what we have is, is dependent on others. The interesting thing is that we find that grateful people still have an internal locus of control. In other words, they still believe that they have some kind of control over their future, that uh, what they do, do still matters, uh, while still admitting that they're, so, they're very much dependent on the contribution of others in their lives, too. So, You know, I t- I've told this story before, but in my own life, I have a, a friend of mine that's a tax accountant that um, when I was younger and kind of, I, I call it attending the University of Life, doctor, because I kind of dropped out of college and, and was doing a lot of things, which, again, talk about gratitude, uh, really qualified me to do this job as much did getting a degree. But he would take me to play golf with, with doctors and judges and lawyers, and I learned how to carry myself amongst these people, and it helped me a lot with the rest of my life. And that's just an example of and I'm forever in mm-hmm. debt to him to this day for exposing me to opportunities and social situations that a lot of other people would not have had. And if not for that, I don't think I'd be, I would have been ready to take on the job that I have now. Mm, Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good example. Um, Yeah. Of how others contribute to our lives. Well, let me take it. Let me take a break. We come back. We'll talk about maybe people uh, crafting their grateful story and some of the questions they can ask themselves or something something that they can just take honest stock of themselves and just they don't have to do it in front of anybody, just with themselves. And, and when they look themselves in the mirror, realize, well, wait a minute here. Am I really self-made? And let's just think about it for a second about how much I really do have to be grateful for. And that's not going to make you beholding doctors. Understand the research is going to make you happier, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. All right, very good. We'll pick it up. We come back with Dr. Philip Watkins, professor of psychology in Eastern Washington University, one of the pioneers of gratitude research in psychology. You know, it's Thanksgiving. I think it is a time we all need to reflect and realize how much we have to be grateful for, how much to be thankful for. Quick note here that just broke Jesuit High School closed out of what school officials are saying, an unconfirmed possible threat. This is from NOLA.com. 
In an email, a principal of uh, Mid-City High School said the school would close out of an abundance of caution. They'll follow up with additional information later today. And he said the Thanksgiving drive, which had been planned for tomorrow morning, is still expected to take place. I presume the schools were closed this week. I didn't know. Uh, so there you go about Jesuit 920. Uh, no, we'll take a break. Come back. Pick it up when we return here on WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. As we talk about gratitude, you might be grateful in case you've not heard. The Stones are scheduled to appear at Jazz Fest 2024. It was released today. They were supposed to be here in 2019, and then Mick Jagger had heart surgery after a heart attack. They're supposed to be here in 2021, then COVID happened, so let's hope it happens. Tim Zimmer, our resident oddsmaker, says it's a 3-to-1 favorite to happen, right? That's what you said? Okay. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Philip Watkins, professor of psychology at Eastern Washington University, did his doctoral work at LSU. And we want to have him on because he's one of the pioneers of gratitude research in psychology. And this is a time of year where we give thanks. But, but th- these studies indicate that by having gratitude and being grateful for what you have, it can actually make you a happy person. Doctor, I know I'm, I'm condensing a lot of research, but that's accurate, mm-hmm. right? That's what you found? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. is it also important to express it as well as realize it? Mm, that's a really good point. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's some kind of pop positive psych approaches that just kind of emphasize experiencing gratitude without expressing it. But the whole purpose of emotions is to prepare us for certain uh, ways of thinking or ways of acting. And the purpose of gratitude is to prepare us to express it to those who um, have benefited us. And so, yeah, the expression of gratitude is really important uh, too. We've done a little research on that. Other people like Marie Sullivan have done a lot more research uh, with that uh, uh, expressing gratitude, Sarah Aljo's work too, um, in terms of expressing gratitude to your romantic partner uh, has shown that there are just real uh, benefits uh, to that as as well. So, yeah, expressing it is really um, an important part of the whole gratitude package. I would think, and I'm no Dr. Philip Watkins, but I would think part of the the realizing the gratitude that you have and expressing it kind of takes some of the pressure off yourself because you realize it's not all up to you, right? What do you mean it's not all up to you? Meaning um, in terms of uh, determining your future where not everything oh, right. is totally on your shoulders and in your yeah. control because you didn't get to where you are totally and completely because of you. Right. I, I think you're right. I mean, there's also research, not a lot, but um, some of the earliest gratitude interventions showed that um, – uh, those people who were doing the gratitude exercises showed increased hope for the upcoming weeks. And um, so, and I, I think it's because if people have 
If you're through gratitude, you're acknowledging that people have been good to you in the past. They're likely to be good to you in the future. And so you're right. Yeah, it's not all up to me uh, to make my life uh, a happy life. Those people who have made it happy in the past will probably continue to make it happy in the future. How how would one go about um, determining a gratitude index? How how grateful they should be? The 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 things that they have to be grateful for as it relates to gratitude, and and then I guess the first thing you have to do is realize that then you express it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, I I I think. You brought this up as we started the interview. I, I think um, a lot of the really good things in, my, in our life, particularly the faithful good things in our life, we tend to take for granted. We don't notice. And there's good research showing you know, that we tend to uh, pay attention to the bad stuff in our life a lot more than the good stuff in our life, even though research also finds that for most all of us, there's a lot more good than bad that happens to us in a, in a typical day. So I, I think taking, first of all, taking notice of those good things uh, is important. And uh, I know that uh, people who have been in my studies, when I ask them, like, recall three good things that have happened to you in the last two days, the, at first it's hard for them to recall those things, but then they start kind of looking for the good, and then it becomes much more easy to notice and recall those good things in in uh, their life. And so I think that's one of the things that these little gratitude interventions do for people is they help them, you know, train them to look for the good in their life. And then, of course, uh, appreciate it um, as well. Why is it human nature that, and I get a text here, that people seem to blame anything bad that happens in their life on somebody else, but take credit themselves for anything that's good? Yeah, that's part of the the well uh, well founded so called uh, self serving bias in psychology. I mean, you know, uh, it makes us feel better if we can, uh, at least in the short run, uh, if we can blame the bad stuff on other people and take uh, credit for the good stuff. Um, but you know, I I think gratitude kind of corrects that. In, in a way, because it shows us that a lot of the good stuff in our life comes from other people. See, this is not about you psychoanalyzing me, because you don't have a, you're not going to live long enough to do that. But I will tell you this, that to me, that gives me a measure of control by realizing nobody did this to me. I screwed up myself, and if I don't want it to happen again, all I have to do is not repeat the same mistake. Does that make sense? Sure. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I and I think it's important to recognize that gratitude is not just uh, casting uh, uh, the cause for everything in my life, including the good in my life on everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, you know, it should also be accurately uh, taking responsibility for both the bad and the good in my life. So what about the people to whom the gratitude is expressed? Mm, yeah, um, that is an area of research I don't think we have uh, investigated enough. The little bit on this has shown that people just really respond in a positive way, and we underestimate how positively they do respond to our expressions of gratitude. There's a study 
that shows that we tend to underappreciate appreciation, that when we express gratitude to others, we think that it won't have much impact on them, but it actually has a, a very large impact on them. So Marty Seligman had this uh, little gratitude intervention that he did where he asked people to write a letter to someone who they think that they have not um, properly thanked in their life. And so they write a letter, take some time to write this letter, and then they're to go and read the letter to the person. And uh, the anecdotal reports are that people, it's just very impactful experience for those, for both the person expressing the gratitude and for the person uh, that's receiving that expression. So if somebody's listening right now and, and they're saying and hopefully they, they're open to it and it's like, you know what, it is Thanksgiving, let's give it a chance here. How, how would you suggest they start, doctor? If, you, if you're going to start, um, and I know I, I broached this before, but, but if you're going to start really trying to think about all the things you're grateful for, do you, do you begin with how you got to where you are? Do you begin with t- a timeline? How do you do that? <laughs> There's a lot of different approaches. Um, I mean, I think one good approach is just to, to actually take some time uh, you know, quiet time for yourself and sit down and say, you know, okay, I'm going to list three to five things uh, right now that I'm really grateful for. And then write a little bit about why you feel that these, uh, why you're grateful for these things. You know, I think that's a good start. Um, I think one of the things that's important uh, is to do little exercises like this every day for maybe at least a week. Then you you know then sitting down every once in a while and uh, and doing it periodically is probably important um, too, and then and then I think uh, expressing the gratitude is really important too. You know, making sure that when you think about things that others have done for you, that you actually uh, go back and say, you know, I'm really thankful that you did this for me, like that friend of yours who who took you golfing with those. Um, folks, um, just uh, making sure that you're really expressing it just reinforces the whole uh, gratitude uh, process, I think. Um, I, I hate to, to ask you this, but you are in Washington State. You did do your graduate work at LSU. Michael uh-huh. Penix or Jaden Daniels for the Heisman? Well, I'm a duck, so Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Okay, there you go. I didn't know if you had done some work at Oregon as well. Hey, thank yeah, you, doctor. Yeah, my undergraduate was at Oregon. So, boy, yep, you got you got yeah. a horse. You got a, a, a horses in all the races, don't you? Yeah, or, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, doc. I appreciate your time. A pleasure. Hope you and your family have a nice Thanksgiving. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoyable talking to you, Doctor Philip Watkins, professor of psychology at Eastern Washington University, one of the pioneers of gratitude research in psychology. Jordan Fiegel, nice job getting him on. And uh, it, it really is. First of all, he's wrong about Bo Nix. But it is certainly interesting to think about all the things that you have to be grateful for and just think about it. Like every, everything that you have, just because you pay for it, that doesn't mean that you're responsible and that you don't have things to be grateful for, that you were even in the opportunity to be able to pay for it and buy it, right? At least that's the way I look at it. I, I, before we go to traffic here, one final thought. It's like, we have all of this happiness that is just flying by us and we ignore it because we're so hell bent on either getting somewhere else or doing something else or worried about something else. 
a lot of happiness. You're passing through it, man. It's like scenery on a trip. Try to take a second and take it all in and enjoy it. 937, we'll talk to Jeff Nowak. We come back, WWL Saints sideline reporter. Right now it's time for traffic on WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.